Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. And pretty soon, as you're thinking about these things, this unresolved conflict, one or two things, just begins to grow in your mind, and then Satan sows suspicion and jealousy. Then one day, here's what will come to your mind. Satan will say to you, you know, you deserve better. This situation, it was okay when the marriage started, but it's not going to be resolvable. Fighting with a spouse is not enjoyable, rarely fruitful and never satisfying. Most squabbles end in anger, then blow over when both parties have calmed down. Things may go back to normal, but do they really? Even the littlest arguments can often reveal deeper issues, but only if spouses are willing to address them. When there is no resolution, no forgiveness, hearts begin to change. It takes time, but like a newly formed clay vessel, as it sits, it hardens. With clay, there is a time when it can be made soft again, but when it's completely hardened, it's permanently changed. Don't let your heart be hardened, or there may be no going back. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 5, with part two of our message entitled, Marriage Growing Together. But two proud people, too prideful to ask forgiveness, alienated from each other and from God, going through the motions of marriage. You see, the only thing you haven't done is legally sign the divorce papers. You've done everything else. But see, you're a Christian, so you won't get divorced. And through this deceit, Satan is the great deceiver. He's got you fooled that you're doing what God wants. You're not. The second enemy this morning is the world. Not only do we fight Satan, but we fight the world. Now, the world is not the ground that you're standing on this morning. It's the world system. Satan is the ruler of this world. God ultimately is, but Satan currently has control of this world. And Satan's desire is to leave God out of every situation. So what do we have? What, what is the forces blowing against this house from the world this morning? We know Satan's after it to steal, kill, and destroy. What about the world system we live in? The, the neighborhood you live in? The television we watch? The system at work? Well, what is the world system? Well, the first thing, the first win there under the world is there's absolutely no social stigma of divorce today. If you went back 50 years ago, you'd think three, four, five, six, seven times before you get a divorce. Today, eh, it's no big deal. Big difference. So through time, through compromise, divorce has entered, so much so that in the church it's almost the same as in the world. Unbelievable. But it's happened. It's because of the world system. Secondly, we have something called no-fault divorce laws. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? No fault divorce laws. Here's what I'm waiting for. In the newspaper, we're going to see this one of these days with this. Husband files for divorce. Reason? El Nino. 
It's going to happen. You watch for it. You watch for it. We blame it for everything else. So what we see here is this. I'm not going to take any blame for the marriage problem. That's exactly what I see when I do marriage counseling. So if you come, here's the way you're going to leave. By the way, you can't change your spouse. Amen. <laughs> There's one wise man. He's either, he's either divorced or happy. One or the other. You can't change your spouse. God can't change you unless you want him to. God could force you, but he won't. So what we have, when, I, when they leave the office, I say to them, here's what you're going to work on to make the marriage better. Here's what your spouse is going to work on. See, it always takes two. Always takes two. Usually one's more to blame, that's correct. But it always takes two. So we can't blame anybody. This no-fault divorce is a joke. Thirdly, there's no social conscience against sexual immorality today. Sexual immorality is rampant, it's accepted, it's the norm. If you were working in a company that takes business trips, and if you go on business trips, you know it's one of those expected things on the business trips, there's going to be sexuality happening outside of marriage. It's just the norm thing. What do you mean you're not going to get involved? You're the oddity. That's because our world today has no concept of holiness and marriage. Parents, be careful of what you watch on television. Be careful what you allow your children to watch. It's filled with nothing but garbage. And slowly, after time, the world puts its little processes in until we are like the frog that was put into cold water, but over time just starts to boil, and he doesn't realize it. Be careful what you watch. And lastly is a perverted view of marriage and submission. You see, the world doesn't understand godly marriage. And the Southern Baptists made a statement, actually just a statement on marriage, and they went down and talked about all the different areas. And it isn't really a Southern Baptist statement, it's a statement of biblical values that I happen to believe in. It was wonderful. And one of the statements that's been picked on by the news media is that a wife should submit lovingly to a husband. Of course, they miss all the other parts that the husband is supposed to be a loving leader as he loves God. We're not talking about abuse. We're not talking about all those kind of things. And certainly, when you understand that the definition of submission means this, a willing attitude that wants to cooperate. A willing, loving attitude that wants to cooperate. Every part of us that God designed has been designed to submit to somebody in authority. When you go out of here and then you come to the the corner and the policeman's there. We have the policeman there for a reason. He's authority. You submit to his time going right or left, otherwise you're going to get in an accident. We don't seem to have a problem with that, but our society doesn't want to be responsible to anybody. They want to do their own thing. That's why we have a service here. If you get up and leave and head toward the back during the service, we ask you to be seated at the back. Why? So that you won't come back up and disrupt the service. That's why we have our kids in our kids' ministry, not in here. Why? So the kids aren't bored and they're there. So you submit to authority. Why well, come to church going to do that kind of thing? I do. Well, then fine. What you're teaching your kids is what? No submission to authority. And you know we have teachers today quitting by the hundreds in our schools. Why? Because they can't control the classes anymore. Parents say, don't you dare say a bad word to my kid. Well, that kid needs a little bit of something applied to the you-know-where. <laughs> Lovingly, not in anger, but done right. 
A husband and wife walking along the street, and across the street is a husband dragging a woman by her hair behind him. And here's the statement in the paper. They're Southern Baptists. You see, we laugh, but that's sad, because it says to the world, that's what a God marriage is. That is not what a God marriage is. In fact, a God marriage is where the husband's carrying the wife toward God. He's a loving leader. But see, you can't change people's hearts except one at a time when they see what a godly marriage should be from you and me. The next area that we struggle, not only is Satan in the world, but we come to the flesh. When you got saved, turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 5. When you got saved, the only thing that got saved in you was your spirit. We're going to get a new body. Amen? Hallelujah. It's coming. But we still deal with the flesh, that carnal nature that's in us. I have these desires in me for riches and for materialism, to do things my way. I have built into my flesh selfishness, which leads to anger and frustration and bitterness. Today we have no time for relationships, because every person in the marriage is doing their own thing going their own way. The kids are going their own way. They never meet. And lastly, the flesh is exhibited by Mark 10, 5. And it says this. Jesus says, it was because your hearts were what? Hard that Moses wrote you this law. So what Jesus says is, when the Pharisees ask about divorce, he said divorce was never, ever in God's intent in this home. But because of men and women's hearts being hard, God permitted it, not prescribed it, permitted it at certain times because of the hardness of heart. And really, if you go back, and this is very interesting, we don't have time to develop, the reason he really permitted it was so that the woman would be protected. Because in those days, a woman had zero rights. How interesting that Christianity brings rights to the woman. If you don't think that's true, head over to some of the Arab countries and try to be a woman this morning. Christianity brings great freedom to a woman. So Jesus says the real reason for divorce was a hard heart. If you go this morning and look behind the every single divorce, you will find at least one of the spouses with a hard heart against God and against their spouse. Now what causes a hard heart. Turn to James chapter 3, verse 16. I, I believe there's three steps, and I want you to write them down. It should be part of your Bible as you see these three steps, because as we look in the natural world, and in the physical world, we know things about heart disease. I know some things about heart disease. Heart disease comes from too much cholesterol or LDLs and LDHs and all these kind of chemicals that are in our bodies and the cholesterol builds up and forms into a plaque, and pretty soon in that artery is just this hardness on the sides of the, of the artery, and pretty soon it clots off, and the blood doesn't get to the artery, and we have a heart attack, and we have all of these things. It happens over a long period of time. Here's something you'll want to remember this morning. A hard heart happens over a long period of time. It doesn't happen like, boom, tomorrow. It happens over a long period of time. Well, let's read... The first sequence, the first cause of a hard heart is unresolved, unresolved conflicts. James 3.16 says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder 
and every evil practice. So instead of me desiring to serve my wife and head toward God, I have my own agenda, my own selfishness, my own pride. The verse says there, envy and selfish ambition then brings every kind of evil disorder in the home. So unresolved conflicts are nothing more than conflicts caused by my own selfishness. I have my own agenda. I have the things that I want to do. And I want my way. And I don't care what my wife wants. I want my agenda taken care of. And I present the agenda and my wife doesn't agree or I don't agree with hers. And now we have an unresolved conflict. You can begin to name them. And over the time of your marriage, you will understand that there's some conflicts just left better unresolved because you will never resolve them. Just leave them alone. Others have to be resolved. And with wisdom, you'll understand the difference as you go through. The next step from an unresolved conflict is resentment. Is resentment. So what happens is this. Over time, this issue is not resolved. And then Satan, in my mind... By the way, the battle is always in your mind. That's where Satan comes. And that's why you have to be renewed in your thinking. Romans 12. So the battle comes, and in my mind, I'm rolling over this unresolved conflict. And it's getting bigger, and bigger, and bigger, and bigger. And then comes step number three, unforgiveness. Now it's been blown out of proportion. Now I'm not going to forgive my spouse because of this area. And I've set my mind, I'm not going to do it. Because I'm right, and she's wrong, or he's wrong. That's the start of a hard heart. When you've walked down that ladder, starting with unresolved conflicts, to resentment, to unforgiveness. During that process, here's what happens in your heart and in your mind. Satan begins to exaggerate your spouse's differences. You know, you married your spouse because she was different, or he was different. But now, Satan goes, look at that. I mean, it's so different from you. And then he begins to point out their failures. And they will have failures. Because you have failures. But I don't look at my failures. I only focus on my spouse's failures. And then, the inadequacies. Just simple inadequacies. And pretty soon, as you're thinking about these things, this unresolved conflict, one or two things, just begins to grow in your mind. And then Satan sows suspicion and jealousy. And then one day, here's what will come to your mind. Satan will say to you, you know, you deserve better. This situation, it was okay when the marriage started, but it's not going to be resolvable. You really deserve somebody that fits you better. You know, there's many people out there that would be a... You'd have much more happiness in this house if you'd get a new model. It'll be different. And here's what happens. Satan will bring many new models into your life. At work, somebody now is kind to you when you haven't heard a kind word from your husband. Now, we know what the guy's after. You think he's after kindness. He's in the world system. He isn't after kindness. He's after getting you in bed. And here comes a guy to work, and all of a sudden there's a new secretary at work. 
And she's young, she hasn't had any kids, her skin's like a baby, she's got perfect shape, she's everything that your wife used to be before she had children, your children. And age comes. You, you don't look at your skin and go, oh, spots and belly and... But you look at you and say, you were at 19, right. The only muscle that's left is down here in the bottom of your leg. And that's from kicking the door open. So there's nothing, whatever. But what happens? You begin to look at her and go, you know, that's what I need. I need a new model. Now here's what happens. And those of you that have been married and divorced, Again, you just take where you're at and you move forward. You can't go back and go through all this. But here's what I find happening. I find a wife who maybe in the first marriage was a great housekeeper, but she couldn't keep a checkbook. She was always bouncing checks. So that was one of the unsolved things. And it just goes on and on. So finally this husband divorces her and gets a new wife. And he marries somebody that's perfect with Lotus 1, 2, 3. Man, she knows that back and forth. The problem is as she's working it, the house is a pig pen. So what has he done? He's reversed one failure for another. And she's hoping for this new wonderful guy. And what she got is not too much of a bargain either. Why? Because we all have failures. And Satan goes, good, now let's move to the third new model. And with each marriage and divorce, there's a greater percent of divorce. Why? Because we're looking for this proverbial perfect person. There aren't any. And they certainly wouldn't live with you if there was one. <laughs> now this is pictured best by those of us, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. This is pictured best, these unresolved conflicts. I believe, by those of us that have regular-sized beds, queen-sized beds, and king-sized beds. How many have one of those kind of beds? Okay. Well, here's what happens. This king-sized bed, an unresolved conflict. You go to bed at night. And you know where you lay. It's on the edge. Your body fits on this one inch. This huge bed. In fact, it takes hours to converse with your wife because she's so far away you can't see her on the other side of the bed. And you get up the next morning and you know that wasn't right because you're not made to sleep like this. And your body's miserable. So the scripture says, oh, we got it. By the way, it happened in the Bible. That's why this verse. Let's look at it. Ephesians 4.26, it says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. That doesn't mean you get on a jet plane and go east or west for as long as you can. <laughs> what it means is, look at the next verse. This is very important. You need to understand. And do not Give who? Devil? It's the same as Satan. What? A foothold. You see, a hard heart doesn't go, hard heart tomorrow. It starts with little footholds. So what does that verse say? It says this, don't go to bed with unresolved conflicts. Don't allow the enemy to build it up. Because all during the night, that's exactly what he's doing. We've all seen what happens. We get up the next day, we haven't resolved the conflict. We let the conflict go on for a day or two. 
And it's much worse now to try to ask forgiveness than it was the night when the conflict was there, isn't it? And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we go from a bruised heart to a cold heart to a hard heart. That's the process. And sometimes when you go back, it's over the silliest things. But Satan has got a foothold. Why? Because we're not obeying the simplicity of the Word of God. Now in Hebrews 3.15, it says this. Just write the verse down. It says this. No, you probably ought to turn to it. I think you need it. Because it's an important verse about hardening of our heart. Hardening of the heart comes from simple wrong choices. God gives us choices of how to obey Him. When I don't admit that I'm wrong on that evening, it's because I'm too proud to admit I'm wrong. I'm just not going to admit I'm wrong, even if I am. That's a choice that I make in my life. Look at Hebrews 3.15. As has just been said, today, if you hear His voice, that's God, or the Bible as we're talking about, do not harden whose heart? Your heart, as you did in rebellion. See, what happened here is the writer of Hebrews is writing to the, to the Israelites who were known for hard hearts. The Bible talked to them all the time that they're, they were stiff-necked people. They, they just rebelled always against God. So notice that this verse says something important here. It says, you should go to bed with a right heart from a soft heart. You have the choice how you're going to go to bed. You're going to harden your heart? If you hear the voice, you're not going to harden your heart. You should obey God. You see, what happens in all of this is then during the night or during the next few days, that issue grows and it just grows and it grows and it grows and we become more prideful. It's more difficult to humble ourselves and to ask forgiveness. The Bible says just choose a soft heart and ask forgiveness before bedtime. You need to write somewhere in your Bible and here's what it says. If you're going to grow spiritually, you must live in forgiveness. By the way, forgiveness is two parts. Forgiving and forgetting. Forgiving and forgetting. One of the greatest disasters is for you to forgive your spouse of something and then in the future bring it up as an issue again. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that? He forgives and forgets. We're to imitate God. Now, every time you hear the word, you have an option. Every time. You can either obey the word, which will soften your heart, or you can ignore the word, which will harden your heart. Now, spiritually, that's a very dangerous principle. Because there comes a time in your life, if you continue to hear God's word, and you harden your heart, and you don't obey him, and you sit in that chair, and you make the choice of ignoring God's word, somewhere in your life there will be a line. Today we heard about the enemies that can gain hold in our marriages and destroy them, Satan, the world, and our own flesh. When any of these begin to influence how we operate within our marriages, hearts become hardened. 
Those unresolved conflicts we heard about lead to resentment and unforgiveness, piling up and creating a mountainous wall between partners. But the healing force is forgiveness. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, you'll be treated to some hopeful and helpful wisdom about what you can do to solidify a godly marriage. Pastor Mark will take us to portions of Scripture that will encourage and challenge us to be better partners through the leading of the Word. Once you know the dangers that can derail a marriage, now you can go and build it up with the strength of the Lord. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.